Yo, yo, what's up, my people? Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast with yours truly, B-Things. Appreciate y'all for listening to another episode here, post-game victory Monday. Huge win in Tampa yesterday, defeating Tampa Tom, 34-23, uh, pretty much 34-17 to the last couple minutes. Went nice and soft in some uh, prevent defense, allowed the touchdown, but nonetheless, 31 unanswered points in the second half. Five straight turnovers. The first one being unofficial of the um, punt that went horribly wrong, the fake punt with the Bucks, um, setting up the Bengals in prime t- position to capitalize, and they did, scoring the first touchdown to T. Higgins, uh, then the second one to TV, then Jamar, then Mitch Wilcox, capitalizing on shit, man. Look, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't. But nonetheless, beyond the adversities that they saw, this team saw not playing great, the defense stepping up, and Joe Burrow getting the fucking job done yet again. Against Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. He is 4-0. It's awesome stuff. Joe did not have a phenomenal game. Yesterday, along with a lot of the offense, which I'm going to go more into uh, towards the end of the episode. But a macro thing that's important to bring up here is they were able to navigate through that, battle through that. Not only battle through it, but to thrive through it. Get a grip of the obstacles at hand. Get a grip on the task at hand, which were challenging. Because that Bucks defense played really well. Carlton Davis, their cornerback, played a damn good game. Yes, he was holding a lot, but it's Jamar Chase, dude. People are going to get finicky like that. Hold, had the tendency to do that. It happens all the time. He balled the fuck out, dude. Like, I got to give him respect. That Bucks defense, they came ready. They were banged up like ours, but they made fucking plays. But we made more. So, I think some of the biggest things that happened in this game, well, kind of the concept of what I just talked about was... They were able to navigate through the adversity, at navigate through those obstacles, and not only battle through them, but thrive through them after getting grip on the matter. Like, how often in the past did we see a Bengals game go like that, and it was just a complete hell show for the rest of the game? Completely. Just completely embarrassingly out of hand. Too many times in the past. But obviously, as we know, Joe changes trends. Joe's a winner. He's the best winner in this league, probably. After Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers go, even better than Aaron. He's just a great young winner. Defense stepped up so massively, man. Lou Inarumo came out with a phenomenal game plan in the second half, tweaking some things. He confused Tom Brady. He fucking confused Tom Brady. He pulled out a unique coverage on that third and eight where he threw the pick to Trey Flowers. He forced the cornerbacks in the safety in a certain position. I'd have to look at film to really understand what it was. And then he ended up dropping eight. I brought that up as an idea that I really think dropping eight could be valuable against a guy like Tom, especially in past obvious situations like a third and eight. It was phenomenal. It was a fucking great move. It tricked Tom. It forced him into throwing the pick to our cornerback, Trey Flowers, our first cornerback pick of the year. Ain't that fucking crazy? Our first cornerback pick of the year in week 15? What's even crazier 
is two teams have done that in NFL history. One of those teams is the 2018 Bengals. And ironically, I mean, I'd have to see the stats, but I don't think it happened this weekend. Another team, coincidentally on pace to do it this year, is the Saints. In the entire NFL history, it has never happened. Except like has. Fortunately, that came to an end for the Bengals, getting that crucial pick, confusing Tom. That's kind of the epitome of this defense, capitalizing. They confused Tom. They got him flustered in the pocket without Sam Hubbard, without Trey Hendrickson. Sam went down to the second quarter with the calf. They got things going. They were formulating pressure. I mean, one of the plays, DJ Reader forced a fumble. He also recovered a fumble. Two separate plays. He forced it. Joseph Osai recovered it. Logan Wilson forced it. DJ recovered it. Jermaine Pratt got a pick. Trey Flowers got a pick. Then we had the crucial play that really got things going uh, for the debacle on the punt with Geo, which sucks. Um, I'm not going to get much into the fiasco after the game other than uh, we will defend Geo to the end because Geo is a beloved member of Bengals history forever. Um, <clears throat> but that was an infamous play by him. Don't know exactly how it transpired, uh, but the mistake was made. Bengals capitalized on it, got the ball on that side of the field. I... I literally don't think in my fucking life I have ever seen a team have five straight turnovers. I don't think I've ever seen it. I was blown away. I was literally falling on the ground. I couldn't believe it with how ugly that first half was. We were getting flat out fucked. We were getting fucked on. Defense, they were clamping us. They kept getting pass breakups. We kept dropping passes. We were not coming down with 50-50 balls that we had a good chance on. It was not going our way. We had a really productive first drive that ended up tail spinning. After the other tip pick... Our last tip pick was week five. I guess if you want to consider that phenomenal TJ Watt pick as well in uh, week 11, you can. But nonetheless, unfortunate circumstances. Not going to go a ton of depth on that, but there's nothing wrong with Joe's mechanics. He doesn't have a weird throwing form. He doesn't completely sell things. Completely. Of course, every quarterback you know, may at times give themselves up with where they're looking to throw their pass. But... It's just, it's bad luck. And you know what? In the same way, we had horrible luck in week one. Look at the luck we had yesterday. You know what I'm saying? It's the ebbs and the flows. And unfortunately, we had a lot of ebbs. We had a lot of ebbs in this area of having tipped passes not turn out our way. But the second half against the Bucks, it did. You know what I'm saying? So just keep that in mind. Like, it gives me some peace of mind from week one with how embarrassing that tailspin got and how bad it went and how this game went. It gives you some peace of mind because in the same way, say if the games were formally played, there was nothing insane as there is almost in any game anymore. Say, you know, we won week one, we lost week 15 to the Bucks. Would that sound that insane? No. So, for me, some peace of mind, the ebbs and flows... 50-50, it, it kind of comes out to a wash for me. But the offense capitalized enough, too. It's crazy. They did not play great. Joe did not play great. None of this offense played that well. They didn't. Yes, they finished. Awesome. Kudos. I love it. Obviously, we crushed that team. We're up 34-17. to We scored 31 points in fucking 20 minutes. It was phenomenal. It was amazing. But they didn't play incredible. We had 250 total fucking yards of offense. 
250 yards. Joe threw for 200 yards. It's crazy. Obviously, we understand, you know, because of, you know, how the second half went. We got the ball inside the Bucks 16. They're 13. They're 39. And I think they're 26 some shit. Ah, oh, just what a crazy game. I mean, it was crazy. Guys stepped up. Superlatives of the game were like DJ Reader, of course. Like I said, getting in on two. Two turners. The forced fumble on one play, then another play. The uh, fumble recovery. Look, there's not a single defensive tackle that's playing better than DJ Reader. He's the best in the game right now. He is a complete demolisher, a game crusher. It is fucking insane. Jermaine and Logan, all pro talents. Jermaine Pratt is probably the best linebacker in the NFL right now. He is fucking amazing. I mean, phenomenal. Logan Wilson having 15 total tackles again combined. I mean, nine solo or five solo? I'd have to look. I'm sorry. I saw the stats uh, a bit ago. I haven't looked at them recently, but phenomenal stuff by the linebackers. Making plays. Two turnovers from them as well. So you're talking from three guys. You're involved on three turnover plays. That's awesome. From our most critical players, from our most standout players, when we needed them to step up most, when we had injuries, when we were down men, we stepped the fuck up. When we were down, one of the most pressure-wise, I know it's not, you know, compared to sacks, we know that, but pressure-wise, the most productive edge tandem in the league. Out for both of them. Both of them were gone. Nonetheless, we stepped the fuck up and made plays. Another guy was Eli. He did have some passes caught on him, but those are damn good receivers down there in Tampa. I mean, but he had pass breakup after pass breakup after fucking pass breakup. It was awesome, dude. He was balling the fuck out. He was balling the fuck out, dude. Amazing shit to see. Checking some things here. Checking some stats here, y'all. Gotcha. Yeah. So, it shows that Eli did have a bit... He he had his worst game of the year, yards-wise. Let up. But nonetheless, he had pass breakup after pass breakup after pass breakup for a lot of the momentum that the Bucks had. And I think a majority of those yards were given up on the last drive where it was completely garbage time. They were completely on their heels, just playing soft coverage, playing everything, letting everything get underneath, getting some of those yards. You know, easy to get 7, 10, 12, 13... 9, 10 yards, you know, on plays like that. So I think that's where a lot of the yards came up from Eli. Nonetheless, he played great. Jonah fucking Williams. He has really turned the corner, man. He has really turned the fucking corner. Awesome for him to see. He was picking up stunts really well. Pancake two dudes on a stunt, which is awesome. I mean, that doesn't happen that much. I mean, last year he was getting ripped up from stunts. Joe, of course... He played well enough. He did not play that good of a game. But they capitalized. They got the fucking job done. That's what you do, man. That's what happened last year in week 15. You win 15 to 10 against the against the uh, Broncos. Hard-fought game, but you make it fucking happen. You make it happen. When you need the big play, plays, plural, you make the shit happen. Just like Joe did. 
in Lou Anarumo. Fucking mastermind. He's incredible. Stand out. Came up with an elite game plan. Again, he is defeated and worked and fucked on the best of the best. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, some of the most high IQ players. Productive offenses. We have halted them in the second half. Halted them. Amazing shit. It's awesome, guys. So this was a much quicker episode today. Um, and real looking forward to the Wednesday episode. Uh, going a bit more in depth on what transpired from Sunday night. And then moving towards the bum-ass Patriots and McCorkle Jones. I'm not a fan of Mac Jones. Um, I don't hate him. But I just don't think he's good. And it's kind of um, standing tall and strong right now. That take is because he's passed seven touchdowns this year. He's thrown for seven touchdowns in 11 games. He sucks. Uh, it's one of the worst offenses in the league with one of the most productive defenses in the league. I don't care. We will fuck on them. So, we'll end up getting to that later. Fun-ass game. Crazy-ass game. Glad we came out on top. Dominated second half. A tale of two halves. We're 10-4, baby. We won the last 10-12. of 12. I said we had to win the next 8-10. We won the next 8-12. Or 10 of 12, sorry. We're hot right now. We're calling for that number one seed. Uh, standing alone at the top of the AFC North and making shit happen in fucking December, heading into January. Appreciate you all for listening to this shorter, prompt episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Come back with you all on Wednesday. Talk to you later. Peace.